Those of us remaining in here, uh, you can turn in your bulletin to the passage of Scripture we're going to be considering for a few moments. Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 29. If you have a Bible, you're welcome to turn there as well. My first job out of college, I worked in customer relations for a home builder. Um, and a significant part of my job was um, uh, managing any warranty work that, that, uh, that um, came about on any of these new homes. So we built brand new homes for people. And with a brand new house, there were, all the stuff was covered under warranty. And so um, if you were the homeowner of this, of this new construction home and something like broke or went wrong in the house, you would call me if I was over your neighborhood and tell me about the problem. I would then go look at the problem and see what it was and then call the right uh, person uh, to come and repair the issue, which I realize based on some of the stories I've shared up here may seem a little odd that that was my job. There's a reason it was not my job for very long based on my handyman skills, but, uh, but I was sort of the catch-all for any issues that came up in these houses. And there was one neighborhood that I worked in uh, where I started getting a similar phone call. Uh, there, there were homeowners that were calling me, telling me that they were noticing all these little cracks in, um, in the walls by, uh, by the doors and by some of the windows, and, um, and even in some of the grout lines on the tile, the floors, and, and even some of the tiles themselves. And... Um, and so I would go and I would take a look at these. And you know, sometimes with, a, with something in new construction, you, you build a, a new building on new ground. There's some normal settling that occurs. And so occasionally you'll see some very cosmetic settling cracks um, that start to pop up. And this is, we try to educate the homeowners that, hey, you can expect to see this. Um, and, and so they would call and, and I would go and take a look. And what I realized is that these were not like mere cosmetic settling cracks that we were seeing. Uh, these were bigger um, and they were happening more frequently than they should. And then we noticed that uh, lots of people started calling about these very same issues. And we, we began to dig in a little bit further and um, get more people involved. And the phone calls changed a little bit to where it wasn't just the cracks in the walls, but it was driveways um, that were starting to crack. And so there would be like, you know, you, you pour a driveway in different sections. You see the little lines in the driveway. Uh, where one section of driveway would crack and it would heave up about two or three inches above the section of driveway next to it. And so there'd be this massive gap. And so we had these specialists come out and said, all right, here's the problem. It's not some minor problem with, with cosmetic settling that's happening here. Um, you're having major foundation problems, um, not just in these houses, but in this, it's going to happen in this entire neighborhood because of the soil that these houses are built on. They told us, they, they did some testing of the soil. They said, this soil is bad soil to build a house on. Because what's going to happen is when this soil fills with moisture, it's going to expand. And it's going to be stronger than any house or foundation. And it's going to cause those things to crack. And when the soil dries up, it's going to contract. And so there's going to be movement on every single one of these houses throughout this entire neighborhood. Uh, we realized that these crumbling foundations, um, this was not just some minor thing. This was a major problem that we were going to have to deal with. Um, as we wrap up the Sermon on the Mount this morning, Jesus is talking about our foundations in this passage. And, and, and the way he talks about foundations, he's talking about the things that we build our lives on. And so here's a question to keep in the back of your mind this morning. What are you building your life on? This is Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. 
Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. The word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word. And oh, how we need to hear from you. Uh, Would you enter into the, the real place that we find ourselves this morning, full of real life and distraction and Uh, things on our mind. God, um, meet us in that and and by your Holy Spirit, uh, show us what you would have for us. Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, two headings that we'll think about this passage under this morning. Uh, We'll talk about the good foundation and bad foundations. So first, the good foundation. What does it mean to have your life built on the good foundation? Look at verse 24. Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Um, you know, if, you, if you look at a house, you don't really see the foundation. Uh, you just kind of assume it's there. You assume that that structure is built on something. Um, Jesus gives us an indicator as to what the foundation of our life is. He says that those who hear his word and do his word, uh, that those people are like the wise man who built his house on the rock. So having a life built on the good foundation is evidenced by our not only hearing Jesus' words, but doing Jesus' words. If you were here last week, We looked at the previous passages, and if you have a Bible, you can just sort of look right above to see where Jesus was coming from before, but but he was digging in on whether or not we really know him in our hearts or not, and he continues that theme here. You know, first it was this um, idea of, are, are we entering through the narrow gate or the wide gate? And then he talked about fruit. Are we bearing good fruit or bad fruit? And then he talked about whether we would be let into the kingdom or not based on that. And he wraps up that line of thinking here with this discussion on building your house on the right kind of foundation. And throughout there is this theme that those who truly know Jesus in their hearts will see it worked out in their lives. That your life will look markedly different because you know Jesus. Um, That there will be evidence in our lives and those things are actually a sign to us or an indicator to us that our lives are built on that good foundation. Think about the dashboard of a car. Um, There are indicator lights on your dashboard that tell you how your car is operating. Sometimes there are good indicator lights. Um, Maybe there's like a green leaf or something that tells you when your car is running at optimum efficiency. You're going at just the right speed. You're getting the best gas mileage possible. That this is like the kind of the prime target for your car to operate. That would be a good indicator. Uh, Maybe an indicator telling you when your gas tank is full. Or when, when, when the engine is running at just the right temperature, it's not at risk of overheating, it's running just right. Those are good indicators. Other times, those indicators on your car, t- they alert you to bad things that are going on. Uh, that you're about to run out of gas, or that you have low tire pressure, or that your engine is about to overheat. 
But many of these issues with your car, good or bad, they're often unseen. And uh, they're under the hood of the car, but these little lights on your dashboard will tell you uh, what's going on in that unseen place. Um, Our behavior, our lives function like these indicator lights where they're going to tell us what's going on in the unseen places of our hearts. Where our behavior can tell us what our foundation really is in life. Um, Some good indicators in our lives telling us that we have built our life on the good foundation of Jesus. What would that be? A good indicator might be that um, our desire for Him, for Jesus, it shows itself in that we're creating time and space to read the Bible and to pray on our own. And we're not doing that out of like some like guilt-driven pressure or duty, but we're doing that because we we have a, a, this sense of, that we really love God and we want to be in relationship with Him. So we make time to read His Word and to pray. Um, a growing relationship with Jesus where we're seeking Him in the Bible or we're praying to Him, that's a good indicator that our life is built on a good foundation. What else? Um, a good indicator would be generosity with our time and resources. Um, our schedules and our bank statements reveal our hearts, maybe more than anything else. Major indicators of what's going on under the surface, of what we're really living for and building our lives on. Um, A good indicator light with our schedule would be to see that we've prioritized time with Jesus and with His people, whether that's time alone with Him, uh, being in worship, being at a neighborhood group, maybe also seeing our time given away to those in need, Something very practical like preparing a meal for a new mother or someone just getting out of surgery or dropping everything to go sit with a friend who maybe just heard some some really devastating and hard news. Um, A good indicator with our bank statements would be that that as as we reflect on our finances, we actually see that we're having to make legitimate sacrifices to the way in which we live our lives because we are giving. It's not just out of the leftovers, but it's actually changing the way we live. That would be a good indicator that our, that our life is built on the good foundation of Jesus. Another good indicator that there, there are specific ways in our lives that we're taking concrete steps to fight sin and temptation. Uh, maybe it's something like adding a filtering or accountability software to your phone or to your computer so it just keeps you from going to those places online that you know you don't want to go. Uh, It could be deleting certain apps from your phone. Anything that pulls you away from Jesus, you find yourself putting up practical roadblocks to where you don't go down that road. Um, That would be a good indicator that that you're striving to build your life on the good foundation of Jesus. What might be some bad indicators? Things that should alert us uh, to really explore our hearts and, and, and maybe we're to to realize maybe we're building our life on something other than Jesus. One bad indicator might be that you dread all spiritual things. And that may sound like a silly thing to people who are in church, but but if you could sort of honestly reflect and to think, if you have no interest, no interest in opening the Bible, if attending worship feels like mostly just an inconvenience on your Sunday... Uh, or if you have just zero interest in a Bible study or in neighborhood group, um, if, if, if there's no interest in those things, not are they inconvenient sometimes, but no interest, dread even, 
that would be an indicator that maybe something other than Jesus is ruling your life. That maybe your life is built on something outside of Him. Another indicator to be aware of is that if your life looks no different than that of your non-believing friends, think about those friends you have that wouldn't profess to be a follower of Jesus, wouldn't attend church in any form. How does your life look compared to them? Um, if outside of Sunday mornings there, there's no marked difference between how you live and how your non-Christian friends live, and maybe that's how you speak or, or how you speak about people or what you prioritize or how you function at work or, or what social life with friends looks like, if there's nothing distinctly different, that might be an indicator saying maybe your life is built on a different foundation. So the question for us is what, what's lighting up on the dashboard as you think about your life? And, and you need to think about your own dashboard, but you probably need to have a roommate um, or a close friend or a spouse tell you what they see lighting up on your dashboard. They might see things a little more clearly than you do. Building your life on the good foundation, it means hearing and doing God's word. Uh, what is this house built on? What is the good foundation? Look at verse 25. It says, the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Look at the end of that verse. Founded on the rock. Underline the word the. Not a rock. Not uh, some generally solid ground. Founded on the rock. Who is the rock? Jesus is the rock. Um, God is referred to throughout the Bible as the rock, Psalm 31, our call to worship this morning, God is our, a rock of refuge. Refuge, safety, hiding place, security. He's a rock, the safe place that we can go and, and, and hide and be secure. Um, verse, uh, Psalm 42, the psalmist calls him my rock. That not only do we have intimate relationship, intimate personal relationship with God, He's strong and safe and secure. He's our rock. He's my rock. Verse 62, he's, uh, Psalm 62, he's, he's our rock and our salvation. He protects us eternally. He's solid and secure eternally. That is a powerful thing to meditate on, especially if life feels really fragile to you right now. And in our passage, Jesus is talking about himself as the rock, as the good foundation. And that theme runs throughout the New Testament. Matthew's Gospel, our New Testament reading this morning. Matthew 16, Peter makes this confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, you're right, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Ephesians 2.20 says the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And it says that Christ is the cornerstone of that foundation. The most important rock of all the rocks. Um, why is it important to have your life founded on the rock? Uh, because according to this passage, storms will come. Rain and floods and wind. It says it blew and beat on that house. Uh, my wife, Erin, her parents live in Naples, Florida. Uh, Naples is on the Gulf side of Florida, uh, but it's very near the bottom of the state, which means that sometimes they face uh, very severe storms coming off the ocean. Uh, in 2017, Hurricane Irma, you may remember, it made landfall in southern Florida. Naples got hit head on. 
Um, the hurricane was a Category 3. They're, they're, they were thinking it was going to be Category 4 or 5 when it, when it started to make landfall. It ended up being Category 3 when it made landfall. Um, they recorded wind speeds up to 142 miles per hour at the Naples airport. So if you think about like a typical windy day in Greenville, like 20 miles an hour, like a 20 mile an hour gust would feel like a very windy day here. This was 142 miles per hour. Um, Aaron's parents decided not to evacuate. Uh, they decided to stick out the storm, which amazing, beautiful people says a lot about them. They were going to ride it out. And they had just built a new house a few years prior. Um, and as you might imagine, the building codes for new homes in South Florida essentially require them to be hurricane proof uh, because of all the damage that could be caused. Sure enough, uh, this Category 3 hurricane passed right over their house and their house withstood the storm. Um, it was amazing that um, they, they lost their power for a while. That was actually restored fairly quickly. But essentially the only damage they had was like some landscaping and some lawn furniture. After a hurricane passed over their house, uh, the house was built to withstand a hurricane, and it did. Jesus is saying that storms will come. And these storms are going to reveal the strength of our foundation. And if we are honest, much of life feels like we are living in a storm. Um, relational storms. Health storms financial storms, school storms, work storms, mental health storms. Everyone faces these storms, and sometimes these storms get really severe. Why? The world is not as it should be. Sin has messed everything up, and so it feels like life can be just this relentless battle against all these different storms, and when one passes, it feels like another one comes. Jesus even tells us in John 16 that we should expect to have troubles in this world. But then he says, take heart because he's overcome the world. In our passage, what's he saying? He's stronger than the storm. Um, so I'm a big fan of the classic Nalgene bottle. Um, these are, these are uh, pretty outdated. It's, it's all about the Stanley now. Uh, shout out to Team Stanley. Um, but I love the classic analogy, and these became really popular, I want to say like maybe 30 years ago, um, and they, they kind of started in like the outdoors and backpacking world, and like their big claim to fame was that the Nalgene bottles were indestructible, like the, you could not break them, and so I remember hearing stories of people that would try to drive their cars over their Nalgene bottle to see if it would break, apparently they didn't, never tried it, uh, but one of the things we would do is we would fill them with water, and we would take them like out to a parking lot, I'm not recommending you do this, but you should try this. Um, and we would take it, fill it with water, and, and just in an empty parking lot, and throw that thing as high up as it would go, as high as we could get it, and just see what would happen when it fell. And it wouldn't break. Maybe you could get one to break. Let me know if you do. Uh, but, but the big thing with analogy was that it was indestructible. Um, Jesus the rock is indestructible. Um, Kids, I want you to think about that for a moment. Um, there is nothing that can hurt Jesus. Uh, there is nothing that can scare Jesus. There's nothing that can break Jesus. Not even death. Jesus conquered death. He actually walked out of the grave. Um, he, he is so secure. He is so solid. Jesus is unbreakable. And 
in our very fragile world, where often we feel very fragile, um, this is really good news. Jesus will not change. There's not going to be some like big cultural trend that comes out and proves Jesus to be like irrelevant or untrustworthy or not strong enough to withstand it. Uh, Jesus was a solid foundation when this passage was written. Jesus is a solid foundation today. And guess what? Whatever happens, Jesus is going to continue to be a solid foundation. Nothing will break him. Nothing will even rattle him. And when you're in Christ, that means that nothing will ultimately break you. You're secure when you build your life on him no matter what. Not just in this life, but especially in the life to come. Uh, You know, we experience all kinds of storms in this life. And we're going to have to stand before God in the next life. What will protect you from the storm of God's wrath? Jesus the rock. Because he's going to absorb that storm for you. That's the good foundation, Jesus. And he contrasts this to bad foundations. Bad foundations. Um, How do we know if we're building our life on a bad foundation? Look at verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So this is those who hear God's words but don't do God's words. What is that saying? Um, that, that, that our lives or our lack of bearing fruit, use that image, for Jesus, it shows that we are, we're not like the wise man who built his house on the rock, but instead we're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And think about that imagery, building a house on the sand. If you've ever walked along the beach um, for any length of time, you know, you have to find like the right consistency of sand to walk on. If you walk too far away from the water, the sand is really dry and your feet just kind of mush down and it's very inefficient and hard to walk. But if you get too close to the water, it's like really clumpy and wet and mushy and you can't walk very efficiently. But there's that perfect in-between firmness, right? Where you can actually like, it feels like a firm foundation. You can walk. It feels efficient. You're actually getting your footing. Um, But even when you're walking on that, that's not going to stay that way. The tide's going to come and go and the sand is going to change. Um, we have a basketball goal in our driveway um, that uh, it has one of those bases that it's not secured in the concrete, but it's, it's this big sort of black base foundation to it, and you fill it either with water uh, or sand, and that's to keep it stable. And I, uh, when we got it a few years ago, I filled it most of the way full with sand, which means that we have a mostly stable basketball goal in our backyard. Uh, if you dunk hard enough on it, you can bring that thing over. Um, Or, uh, a couple times a year, if one of these storms comes through town and the winds get high, uh, we know what's going to happen. We know the sound now when we're sitting inside our house during high winds or a storm. There's a crashing sound that happens and we think, oh yeah, that was a basketball goal that fell over. We we just know it's going to happen. Why? The foundation is not stable. It can't take the wind. It blows it right over. Um... It can be very tempting to build our lives on something other than Jesus. There are a lot of bad foundations that initially don't seem so bad, especially because we look around and lots of people are building their lives on these bad foundations. What might they be? Could be something like success, wealth, investments, property. I mean, how secure does property seem? If you can buy property, uh, more stuff, 
Maybe it's career growth, um, advancement, recognition, where, where everything is built on maximizing success and wealth and sort of earthly, um, tangible security. That is very tempting. A lot of people do it. Or it could be something like our health, um, diet, exercise, longevity. Uh, there's so much research and popular writing coming out right now on longevity, basically how to live a super long time, how to kind of hack death, basically. Longevity, um, sleep habits, uh, mindfulness. Um, the temptation is strong to build our lives on, on the foundation of, of, of health and longevity. Or there's the foundation of pleasure. Where just don't overthink it, escape the hard things, structure life to where all of life feels good. Comfort, pleasure, maybe fleeting, but just, just keep stacking it up, build your life on that, to where, yeah, life may be hard, but at least there's some release somewhere. Or maybe it could be in our context um, where it's, it, the foundation is just about having all of those things. Where it's building a life on Jesus plus all the things. Um, how can I have a spiritual life and money and career success and a great family and the pleasure and the health and hobbies and literally everything? How can I have all of it and build my life on, on sort of holding all those things together? And that can be a real temptation if you have enough natural talent and networking and means and ambition. You can actually get pretty close to having it all. But you may real look, realize one day that you're going to look up and, and you, you realize you have it all, but you don't have Jesus. And you may not even feel like you need Jesus because it feels like you have everything else. Um, are you on a quest to build a life in which you don't need God? Um, are you building your life on everything that the world has to offer except for God himself? All other foundations other than Jesus are bad foundations. They're like that shifting, changing sand that will not hold you. And what? The storm comes. Look at verse 27. What happens? The house falls. Um, you, you, can, you can tease that out with each of those ideas. We know the money will run out or will be left behind, behind. We won't take it with us. Whatever the relationship is will never be enough. We'll never feel known enough in an individual relationship to feel fully known and satisfied. Um, there's no amount of pleasure that will be enough. You will always need more of it and it will actually begin to eat you alive. Bad foundations crumble. They crumble in this life and they will certainly crumble in the life to come. Uh, go back to that neighborhood that I worked in um, where all those foundations were crumbling. Eventually we came up with a plan to repair those foundations. Uh, what we did was we would move these homeowners, if you can imagine being in a house for just a few months, and then the person who built your house saying, actually you need to move out. We would move these homeowners into a hotel and we would move all the furniture into storage. We would dig up underneath their house and we would put these piers under the foundation that would go through the bad soil down until we found the good soil deep down underneath. It would make it secure. We'd then go and fix all, rebuild all that foundation, fix all the big cracks in it. Um, we would repair the cracks in the, um, the flooring, the tile, replacing a lot of flooring, um, redoing the drywall. We would almost completely rebuild these houses. And it was a massive project. And it was so expensive and so disruptive on multiple levels. 
If you look up and realize that you have built your life on this bad foundation, something other than Jesus, one that can't handle the storms of life, and one that won't stand up before the judgment of God, here's the good news. Jesus came to completely rebuild your foundation. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 says that in Christ you are a new creation. Um, When you put your faith in Him, when you receive and rest on what He has done for you, the Holy Spirit gives you new life. The Holy Spirit applies the cleansing blood of Jesus to all of your sin. The Holy Spirit gives you the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Um, What's He doing? Jesus is giving you Himself as your new foundation. And this was a massive project. This was an expensive and disruptive project. But who is it disruptive and expensive for? Not for us, for Jesus. Jesus comes to us in love and absorbs all the cost. Absorbs all the disruption on Himself in order to what? Give us a new foundation. What are you building your life on? And how will you respond to this? You know, as as Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount in our passage... Um, Notice the response. Remember the crowds. You know, the disciples were sitting with him in the hill. They were were on the front row. There were skeptics and believers and unbelievers and religious leaders. All these crowds were around him. And, And how did they respond? Look at verses 28 and 29. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. They were astonished. Why? He had authority unlike any other. He was giving them a totally new way of life and he was doing so as God in the flesh with real and true authority. Are you astonished with Jesus? Are you drawn to this new way of life that he's given us in the Sermon on the Mount? Um, Let that astonishment lead you to full surrender of your life to Jesus. Um, There's an invitation to leave your old way of life. To leave behind anything that is pulling you away from God and to turn towards Him. Uh, To turn to Him and to begin to follow Jesus today. Know that He offers Himself to you and He offers this way to you. Won't you receive Him by faith? Let's pray. Father, we need Your help this morning even in just these brief moments, to reflect on what we're really building our lives on. And and we have ideas about that. Sometimes we think we know what we're building our life on, but, but we may be off on that. So would you provide wise voices in our life? Would you lead us by your Spirit to, to, to really show us and expose what we're building our lives on if it's something other than you? Father, thank you that Jesus is the rock that He is the one who absorbs the storm for us, who keeps us safe in the storm, all the storms of this life, and even in the storm of Your wrath. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take just a minute to silently reflect as we prepare to meet the Lord at His table.